All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are on location at uh, Prime Strength Club right now uh, to bring you, in collaboration with Distinct Breeds, the latest episode of The Beautiful Grind. And today, I'm really excited about this one. Uh, we've got a local business owner, uh, goes by the name of uh, Mr. Dave Prime, and today we're just going to sit and talk with him today with all, everything that's been going on with COVID and uh, just the personal struggles that Dave's been dealing with. We're going we're gonna to have a good chat. Dave, how you doing? I'm doing well, thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. We've been talking about this now for a minute and uh, yeah. I'm really happy to see that we're going to be able to make this happen. Yeah, it's good to finally uh, get together and do this. Yeah, no, it's going to be great. And um, I want to start with a simple one. And uh, who is Dave Prime? <laughs> How on earth is that simple? <laughs> that was the most difficult, simple question I've ever been asked. Well, I can't uh, just spoon feed him to you. Yeah, I guess not. Holy moly. Uh, Dave Prime is, is, is just some dude that owns a gym. So, and that's the Prime Strength Club. So, yeah. let's talk about that for a minute. So, the Prime Strength Club, uh, as an outsider who's not yet been to the gym, uh, it seems to me like you developed this community almost overnight. This community that and we'll talk about this very shortly, that is like almost ready to go to war with you. Yeah. You know, and that, uh, that is no small feat. There's a bunch of gyms in this area that are trying to accomplish what you have accomplished. It's, uh, it's wild, and that's kind of why I jokingly, you know, said I'm just a dude that owns a gym because we've gotten so much support and there's, it does feel like there's an army on my side. Um, and it's, it's been wild, I've been very fortunate it all just kind of, like you said, it happened overnight. It's been very, very quick, uh, but not without a lot of hard work. Yeah, you can look around here and you can see that the, just with the attention to detail and just the, the mantra on the wall that this is nothing that just came together simply. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's definitely been a work in progress, uh, as all of us are, and it, it continues to be so. It just, uh, I don't know, man, dumb luck. Uh, hard, right place, right time. Hard work, right place. I, I'm not even gonna say right time because Jesus Christ, nothing. Definitely not the right time. This has been right time, uh, but it all, at the end of the day, just it did work in our favor. Um, we didn't know that at the time, and sitting here now in our second forced closure, I'm a bit more negative about it than I would have been if you asked me those same questions six weeks ago. I thought COVID was almost, you know, I can remember explaining it being a blessing in disguise for us that it allowed time for us to kind of build our presence online, get a following, and like when the doors opened, the floodgates just opened. Uh, that so was, it, that it was, was the thing, that's how I found it, it was just socially yeah. online, this new gym, just everybody started talking about this new yeah. brand. Yeah, it was a lot of people, so in the early days, we kind of, I, I registered the business in like October. I had the idea in, shit man, like August or something like that. And I was like a dog with a bone on it. I just worked on it 20 hours a day. I poured everything I had into it to get it sort of the idea up and running. Uh, we launched the, the social in January. We were planning on opening in like late March, early April. This is 2019 or 2018 we're talking about? Uh, 2019. 2019. Uh, yeah, so it was all 2019. We put it together in months. Um, 
And yeah, we sort of, even, even when like launching it and we were planning, we launched social in January pretty heavy, just being, you know, January is a time that a lot of people are looking up gyms, they're, they're wanting to get back into it. So it was kind of like, this is what's coming, like this is what we're doing. So we wanted to ride that wave a little bit the first year. And uh, I took a little bit of heat from friends and family that like I was pulling the trigger on it a bit too early. People thought, oh, it's, it's too young, it's too new. Like you gotta wait till you're closer, wait till you're open, wait till there's stuff to show. And it was like, yeah, I don't know. It's, there's something to be said about building a little bit of hype. Uh, and then of course COVID hit. So we didn't end up opening until June. So at that point it was like, yeah, okay, maybe I pulled the trigger a little bit early, but it did allow us to, to really start pumping out content. I had all the gear at that point, so I was able to showcase some of it. The gym was built, so I was able to showcase what it looked like, what we could do. Uh, like I remember the pictures of the community coming to help put things together. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that was so our original plan. And we, we did maybe half of what we wanted to do was to, to throw it out and like really make it a grassroots bottom up built gym and like have the whole community pre-started by like coming in and building the place. And we got, I don't know, man, we might've had five days worth of people come in and, and help with it. And then COVID hit and forced everything shut. So we got the gym probably about 90% ready uh, before that. Cause there was a huge rush on it. Like we just worked eight, 10, 12 hours a day and people came and helped and it was amazing. But we ultimately, like I wanted that process to take a month, not a couple of days. Like I wanted to spread it out. I wanted, you know, I wanted to see 50, 60 people helping, not, not the six to eight that did, uh, but it still helped, you know, and I'm still, I'm so grateful for everybody that, of course. that did come and help because holy shit, we worked like dogs for a couple of days uh, and yeah, we got it. We got it mostly ready. All right, so let's talk about like what being a gym owner in 2020 is actually like. No, it's, it's, it's like, you, <laughs> you've had a little bit less operating time than most, obviously because yes. of COVID and everything like that. But you, uh, you, you've built a very inclusive, all-inclusive like yes. place here. You know, so like let's I just let's talk about that a little bit. Let's just talk about like what the the ownership aspect is in 2020 with everything that you've built. Let's just yeah. touch on that just a little bit. Yeah, for sure. There's, there's kind of two different, I guess I'll hit that in two different directions. Uh, the first one being just a gym owner in 2020, being a new business owner in 2020 is fucking miserable. Uh, it was just a shit year to do it. Um, but that is beyond my control. I spent, I really struggled the first couple of weeks after the first shutdown because it was like, fuck, why me? Why did I do this? What did I do? Like, how on earth did I do this? Like why? Like I put everything I have into this. My, not you know beyond my bank account, and you know I've I've taken out a loan on it. Like it's like I've got everything. Everything is at stake for me on this. And COVID came and happened, and it was like it was really easy to be what was me down on yourself. Like oh shit, uh, everything sucks. And then it's just like you know what? Nobody could ever see this coming. Like nobody planned for this. There's not a business out there that. It's not a business plan that's ever been made that had a global pandemic written into it. So it really actually taught me a valuable lesson of, of just stepping back and letting go of things that are out of my control. Um, once it opened, things have been good. Business was good. Uh, like I said, when the doors opened, it was the floodgates open and people came and it was, it's been fantastic. Uh, so that side of it, like when we're actually open, being a gym owner, 
is good. Uh, it's a lot, a lot of work. Um, I track my hours for the first week. I put in over 120 hours, and you can do the math on how many hours are in a week, and I can, you know, minus whatever that is from 120, that's how much I slept, because it was just, you'd work 18 hour days essentially, go home, get a little bit of sleep, come back. I, I was here at 5 a.m. and I left by about 11 p.m. every day. Uh, so it's just, it was, it was a grind, uh, but it was fun. It was fun so I'm not complaining. All right, so let's, uh, so we've talked a little bit about, you know, okay, now what it's like being a gym owner in 2020. Um, so what, what was just that initial minute like when you found out the first closure was, like, that was being forced on you? Like, before you really had a chance to get the doors, like, just that, like, just that, do you remember that, receiving the news? Yeah, yeah, no, I remember receiving the news, and it, <clears throat> I think at that point, everything was still pretty surreal to me. We hadn't yet built anything. The gym was, it was so fast that it all happened. Uh, it was almost like it was just set up overnight. And then we got the news that, no, you can't open, and it was... I don't, I don't even know how to respond to that. It, it was a lot of emotions. It, it was frustration probably more so than anything. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, there was some relief there as well, uh, which sounds weird, but it was kind of like, you're so anxious about this thing leading up to it, and now you're like, well shit, we can't do this now, so I can put this out of sight, out of mind for a little bit and let myself relax a little bit because you're so tense going into it. Um, so it, it just kind of hit the pause button for us for a little while. But it was, it was scary. Yeah, I can only imagine how scary that must have been because, like you said, the doors technically hadn't even been opened yet, and you've been forced closed. The flood of emotion. I can, you're putting it very well. Yeah, it, there was moments, and I can remember telling people that, like, I'll be the first business to go bankrupt before it ever opens the doors, and that was a, a legit possibility for us for a little while when we didn't know how long it was going to be open. When I didn't know or how long we were going to be closed, sorry. Uh, when I didn't know what my landlords were or weren't going to do for me. Uh, you know, if this thing, if that first closure would have lasted six months and my landlords wouldn't have helped out, I would have bled dry before I even opened the doors. And that, that's a scary thought. Yeah, I remember we were talking the other day and you had mentioned something about uh, this two-week closure costing you something around $4,000. Yeah, yeah, it's not cheap running a gym. Uh, being where I am, I've got a pretty big space for a small gym. Heating this place is ungodly expensive. Uh, it was nice in the summertime because I could just turn everything off and be done with it. If I do that now, my shit will freeze, so I've got to keep the place heated when I'm out. Uh, I've got to keep the lights on, and I've got to pay my rent. So I've been doing a lot of moaning and groaning, and some people are like, yeah, it's only two weeks, you know, like, relax. It's like two weeks for me is still... Never mind my lost revenue, like my hard cost on that is, yeah, it's, it's roughly around four grand. Do you know many people that can afford to spend four grand in two weeks? No. I don't. No, not at all. And it's like, I always tell that to people. It's, it's only been a couple of times I've had a few people just kind of be like, take it down a notch or calm down or things are going to be all right. And it's like, yeah, if I told you that you've got to spend the next two weeks doing nothing but moaning and groaning and bitching and slamming on doors and making phone calls to make four grand, like, is that worth it to you? Well, yeah, fuck, obviously, like, I'd make as many phone calls as I could, I'd complain as much as I had to for that, it's like, exactly, so, so shut the fuck up. All right, so, extremely stressful time, 
yeah. uh, on top of dealing with the lockdowns and things like that, which has its own taxes on us mentally and things like that. Yeah. Um, let's fast forward a little bit to the official open. Yeah, the official open was fucking awesome. Uh, it was just, at that point, so I remember, <laughs> we were on the back deck, my wife and I, uh, and we, Aaron and I, my wife, we, we drug it, I said we got a 90% ready before COVID sort of shut down all gatherings and you couldn't have people and you weren't allowed to do anything. So it was like, this gym was our little sanctuary for a few months and our, we brought our little guy here. This was like our escape from the house. Um, so it, uh, sorry. Um, yeah, so it, it, it was just, it was, it was cool. And then we were sitting on the back deck and we were listening to the press conference and the press conference, like we honestly, at that point, man, it was June, whatever, maybe in May even, because they gave us a couple of days heads up, but we didn't know. Like I, I would have guessed at that point, if you put a gun to my head, I'd say, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to be closed all of 2020. Like we're not going to That's what I was thinking. Until 2021. Like, and we're sitting on the back deck and we hear on the radio that they're opening stuff up and they start running through the list. And it's like, yeah, this is open and that's open and these people can do that. Barbershops are open and yada, yada, yada. I'm like, good, good, good. Don't care really. Like it just, whatever. Uh, and then they said gyms. And gyms were their very last one announced. And it was just this flood of emotion. It's like, holy fuck. And all I could think to do was I just grabbed my phone and I spit out just a huge post on Instagram. All it said was just gyms are opening uh, June 5th. And it was like the most boring, plain thing you could ever <laughs> do because I just... You know, I boring just, and plain, but so much excitement poured just, into that. I was just like, I just need to get this out right now. And I think, I honestly think in Nova Scotia, I was the first gym or the first like real person on social media to announce it because the press conference wasn't even done when I had announced it. I just heard gyms and went, holy fuck, gyms are open. <laughs> That's I incredible. I think about it and my Instagram just blew up. Like it just was everybody. We had so many new followers that day because everybody's like, what, how, where, what, huh? What are you talking about? And you're like, yeah, fuck, it's happening. June 5th, it's time to go. Yeah. Uh, so that was exciting, and it gave us, I don't know, man, I can't, I can't even remember how much heads up they gave us, like maybe a week or something. And then Yeah, I think this, it was just about a week. It was, it was about that. But there was a real, like, smack of reality that hit me that went, fuck, I've spent the last two and a half months creating a gym, and I've done absolutely nothing for the front office. I didn't have a computer, I didn't have phone lines, I didn't have a way to take people's money. Oh, jeez. I was worried about barbells and fucking squat racks and weights and making sure shit ran properly. And I was like, fuck, I probably need to be able to get paid while I'm doing this. And like, maybe it could be helpful. Yeah, so it was just like, after that was announced, it was like, shit, I got a lot of work to do. Uh, so we just, we, we just got to work. But yeah, opening the doors, I'll never forget, man. Uh, our buddy, who, who's now become a very good friend, uh, he'd already purchased a year-long membership uh, in support. And the first guy through the door was Kalen. So shout out to Kalen. Uh, he was the first guy to walk through the door at like quarter to six that morning. Uh, here with fucking bells on, just ready to go. And just the excitement that whole day. That first weekend, man, like the whole weekend, we were a brand new gym. Like we came from, we were like, we were just fucking on Instagram. And that, that first weekend, we had about 150 people come through the doors. And it was just... It's pretty incredible. It was, it was mind-blowing, man. Like, I couldn't... I just couldn't... Yeah, it floored me. 
all from very humble beginnings. Yeah. Like, like you, just from no Instagram, idea. you built this. And that's why, like, even recounting this story is kind of making me appreciative of COVID again. Because it, like, if COVID wasn't a thing and the gyms weren't shut and there wasn't all this hype to get back to the gym, we just would have quietly opened our doors and people would have just sort of come through and we might have seen, you know, 20 to 50 people that first weekend. But since people were so tired of being kept in and not allowed to do what they wanted to do and it people had their gym memberships paused people canceled their gym memberships people were out of the regular routines so they wanted to do something different wanted to do something new and we just for us yeah man at, at june 5th anyways or 4th whatever it was it was uh the right place the right time for us yeah that's uh that was had to have been just an incredible couple of days yeah it was, it was um, a whirlwind man it was it was cool so uh, I kind of want to switch, switch gears a little bit here yeah. and I want to start talking about how, cause we, we could still keep going here. We could still keep telling the story, uh, work our way into second lockdown, bring us up to current date. But I kind of, like I said, I want to switch this up just a little bit. And those were a lot of highs and a lot of lows. How did that all play out on your mental health at the time? It, it was, it was brutal. Uh, it was brutal. Yeah, it, it, there were just huge swings of ups and downs and unknowns and stress. I quit, uh, well, sorry, I got let go from a very stable, secure income, uh, and I decided to do this, and it was a huge gamble. Um, so it, it was tough. It came with a lot of emotions. Uh, I've struggled with mental health my whole life. I've always... I've dealt with depression for as long as I can remember. Uh, that's why we've got the big positive mental attitude. It's kind of a reminder to myself to, to try to stay up. Um, but yeah, it, it on my mental health, uh, it, was, it was hard. So you recently did a video series with Ashley. Yes. Uh, if anybody who's listening to this hasn't seen that yet, you got to go see it. I was watching that the first night that it posts and I just watched that view count just go yeah. up and up and up. It tripled the digits fast. Yeah, that was wild too. Uh, anybody that doesn't know what we're talking about, just go to our Instagram page, either mine or the, the clubs, and there's links to it on there. Um, it's an interesting story. Very interesting. Um, I kind of want to get into it a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, because there's a couple of things. Now, obviously, we're, we're, we're not going to dive both feet into it because that was like almost an hour in itself. Yeah. Um, but a couple of... Super professional. Gotta love it. Airplane mode doesn't affect alarms, apparently. Um, so, I, I want to talk about Friday the 13th. Yeah. Friday the 13th, of course. <laughs> what other day would it be? Yeah, really though. Yeah. Like, I, it, it's, 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 it was something else that it was that day, right? Yeah, yeah, it just had to be. So, uh, let, let, let's dig into that a little bit. Um, because you covered it pretty good in depth there, but I, like, I would like to just talk a little bit about that. Yeah. I have, I have some thoughts about how the doctors handled yeah. you and stuff like that that I'd like to discuss. It was fucking wild. Uh, I'll kind of maybe tell the story in reverse this time. Sure. Uh, 
the first thing you should know that sort of ties this story together is that I'm, I've, I said earlier, I've been, I've dealt with depression my whole life. Uh, I recently, just a few weeks ago, found out that I'm actually, it's not depression is my main cause, I'm bipolar. Uh, so bipolar is a new, uh, new diagnosis for me. It mostly shows as depression. Uh, I tend to lean more on the depressive scale than I do on the manic scale. Um, but yeah, it's, it's new to me, so I'm learning how to navigate that. Uh, now that I know that about myself, I can look back on Friday the 13th, and I was in a state of mania like crazy, man. Uh, I was manic as fuck. Uh, I was as up as you could get. Everything was great. I was invincible uh, on top of the world. I felt I came to the gym. I had an awesome workout. Everything was going smoothly. Everything was great. Uh, I felt like a million bucks. And then I went home. Uh, I should state at this point that I also struggle with my alcohol use, uh, which is not uncommon for people with bipolar because we use it as kind of a coping mechanism. Uh, it's a way when we're high to elevate that high, and it's a way when we're down to, I use it anyways to push that down. Uh, anyhow. Would um, you say push that down as in like numbing it or pushing it down as in like going lower? No, going lower. Uh, it, it's used, I use it a lot to, to numb a lot of feelings. I, I feel things very large. Uh, that's how I've always explained it. I've just, people say, yeah, you've got a big heart or a kind soul or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I just, feelings hit me very, very big. I feel I'm ex insanely empathetic. I'll take on other people's feelings to a point where I have a hard time discerning if I'm feeling my feelings or, or your feelings. Um, so I kind of, alcohol helps in a number of, of instances. And I mean, obviously alcohol is a depressant, so long-term it drags you further down. Uh, in the short-term though, it can kind of, basically I'll explain it like, so my psychiatrist said most people will have a scale of zero being like kind of your flatline base plus three being a good day, negative three being a bad day. My scale goes from zero to plus 10 and zero to negative 10. So instead of operating in kind of this level where I'm feeling ups and downs, I've got a level that's like this where I'm feeling up and down. Uh, and alcohol can just help you numb that. And there's days when you're depressed uh, that you just, you just want to drag yourself deeper. Uh, that's how I get anyways. I'm very self-destructive. Uh, I don't tend to do myself a lot of favors when I'm in those moods. So, yeah. So, all right. I guess the original, yeah, Friday 13th. We didn't even really like I said, you, you're, you're driving here, right? You take this where you want to yeah. take this. I'll, I'll try to rein you in when we can, but yeah. I, I, I just... That's... All I, I got to tell you, that, that podcast, that vo the vlog or whatever you want to call it that you did with Ashley, the... The video documentary series, whatever you want to call it, um, that's it scared me to a degree yeah. for myself because I also struggled with mental health my whole life. Yeah. Um, would not be surprised if I got diagnosed as bipolar, honestly. Yeah. Um, but as low as I've been in my life, that I thought I had hit rock bottom, I was never at that point where I was like, okay, I'm going to take my life. Yeah. You were there. Yeah. You accepted it. Yeah. You know, like you were calm about it. You would, you yeah. had accepted it. And that to me, that was where the fear came from for me because I was like, oh my God, there's a whole nother bottom I haven't hit yet. 
So I uh, really felt with you on that 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 documentary though that you did with Ashley. That was that was intense. Yeah, it, it was intense, and it it really it was therapeutic to me. It helped me get through that day, and it helped me stay sober that day. Uh, it was a big help to me. I understand that it was difficult for some people to listen to. That's why we put up a lot of warnings before we posted it, because I didn't want it to trigger anybody. That was never my intention. Um, but I understand this stuff is no fun to discuss, and it's no fun to sit and listen to sometimes, uh, especially if you can relate to it. But yeah, just just sort of accepting your own fate, I guess, is a, it's a weird feeling. This is real life though. You know, this is yeah. what it is. This is real life and it, it happens. So I think what you said on that video, I think it needed to be said. I, a lot of people needed to hear, I needed to hear it. I know I needed to hear it. Um, I definitely, uh, definitely shed tears with you watching it. Yeah. You know, like it was just uh, hearing you talk about how you planned out your last couple of days and stuff like that. that yeah, it was intense. It was very intense, but like I said, it needed to be he heard because the biggest thing that I was able to walk away from your video with was how absolutely broken the mental health system is in Nova oh, Scotia. It's fucked. And I want to talk about one particular instance. Uh, so I believe, and I'm glad you're here because you're going to be able to correct me if I'm getting any of my information out of turn here, but you were talking about... Um, one of the doctors, you had just been released. They said that you were no harm to yourself. And you had just, it was, I think, uh, this, the mini cry for help, one where you did just like a smaller amount of pills and booze and stuff like that. Yeah. And they sent you home. Yeah. And I couldn't stop thinking about that. I'm like, how in the fuck yeah. did they send you home, let you go home? And then I had to ask myself the question, what if you had a went home and what if you had a did it? Yeah. Okay. Because you talked liable. about, you brought it up, which made me think about it, the liability of the doctors. Yeah. All right. Um, I think it's disgusting that there's a, almost no liability held on the doctors. Oh, it's Because um, had you gone home, had you killed yourself that night, that doctor would still be practicing medicine today. Absolutely. You, you'd never know who his name you'd was. You would never yeah. even know. That's the thing. If you said protected, it wouldn't be, uh, no, it's disgusting. And I just, like, do you remember what you were thinking when he told you to go home? I, I was fucking stunned. Uh, first of all, I never saw him. He was, he just sent nurses or practitioners. You never even seen him? No, no, the doctor never saw him. But I saw him. So he... I was just told, I'm not positive he was in the building. It might have just been a phone call that they were making. Uh, I explained my story to whoever it was, uh, rather be a nurse or a practitioner or his understudy or somebody anyways. Uh, and they had to go back and report into him. Um, I do feel, I, I kind of feel like we're out of context here now for some people listening. So just, just to catch up real quick, I've been in and out of the emergency room four times in the last couple of years uh, with attempted suicides. Um, and uh, the, the incident that we're talking about 
I showed up. Uh, they dried me out of the, at the hospital. I was I was overdosed on my medication and uh, extremely intoxicated. So they kept me and dried me out. Um, I at that point usually the other four instances I've always had someone with me. Uh, that instance I did have people with me, but when it was time for me to actually do the psych evaluation, was by myself. Uh, they always keep you for the psych evaluation by yourself, anyways. But I had nobody there with me. Uh, like nobody was out waiting for me. So I think what fucked me up most and like how it goes, so you go, you dry out most of the times. The first time I went, they didn't even dry me out. The first time that I went, I, and that was like a serious attempt at my life. I was so fucking drunk and stoned on meds that I couldn't tell you. I don't remember how many people were in the room and they told me you're good to go. For the people who might not be aware, what does the term dried out mean? Dried out just means you're sobered up. So okay. they, I come in extremely intoxicated. They stick an IV in you. Uh, they let you sleep it off, essentially. Okay. Um, so, yeah, the, the first time I was drunk, when they interviewed me and deemed that I was fine or whatever, uh, this, the, the time we're talking about was up to the third time. So you go down to the psych evaluation. They put you in this sketchy little room uh, with no windows and just a couple of cameras that you can see in the ceiling. Everything's, everything's padlocked to the floor. Uh, so this instance, they come in and they ask you a bunch of questions just about your history. And I had notes on my file. My psychologist had actually put notes on the file that if I show up at the ER, if I'm arrested, that I'm harmed to myself and like pleaded with them to keep me in the hospital. Uh, somebody alerted my psychologist that it had happened again, that I was at the hospital again. My psychologist was calling the hospital, trying to get somebody, trying to like, just like for the love of God, keep this guy. Like he needs help, he wants help like reach out, like just just take them. Uh, so they come in, two students or whoever they are, nurses, I don't even know, but they come in and they interview, interview you, you give them your answers. Uh, I try to go for a smoke at that point because they usually let you smoke when you're in the psych evaluation room, they'll let you outside. And they said, no, you're not allowed to go because you're gonna be admitted. So I was like, all right, cool. Uh, that's what I wanted at that point. It's what I needed. Um, so I sort of made my peace with that. Somebody did sneak me over for a smoke. Which was good or bad because I shouldn't be smoking. But anyways, um, so I sort of came to came to peace with that, and then I went back and waited in the room and waited. There's so much waiting involved in these processes, uh, and the the nurse came back and said, "All right, we talked to the doctor." And I said, "Yeah," because I kind of thought I knew what was coming. And she said, "Yeah, we've got a couple more questions for you." And I was like, "All right, shoot." And she said, "Are you going to kill yourself tonight if we let you go?" I said, no, like, I think I'm all right now. Like, I don't, looking back at it, I should have just fucking said yes, I guess. But I was, I was trying to be as honest as I could be. And uh, they said, do you have a place to go tonight? And I said, yeah, I, I've got my mom's house that I can go to. I've been staying with her. I've been staying with my mom for, for a couple of weeks now. And she said, all right, I'm going to go talk to the doctor again. And she left. And I sat there by myself, just still thinking I'm, you know, like, when are they taking me upstairs, basically? Um... And she came back, so like I said, I never saw the doctor. And she came back and just opened the door and said, yeah, you're good to go. Uh, and it, to answer, I guess that was the longest answer you'll ever hear, but to answer the question of how did you feel, I, I was fucking shocked. I was happy because I was getting to leave because there's that part of you that's relieved that like, okay, I don't need to go. I was mad because I was pretty sure that I was supposed to be there. Uh, what? What kind of hit me the hardest out of that moment 
And my immediate response was like, how do I get home? Like, I don't have, there's nobody here with me. So they didn't release me into somebody's care. They literally just opened the door. I said, how do I get home? What do I do from here? And, uh, and they just said, yeah, I think there's pay phones upstairs. I think there's pay phones upstairs. Yeah. And the... just kind of opened the door. And, I don't know, man. You felt like a dog being let out of its kennel, I guess. They just opened the door and let you wander. And it, uh, <coughs> excuse me. It was wrong. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm kind of speechless. I've been trying to prepare for this yeah, for it's, weeks now. It's uh, trying to, because I knew I was going to ask you this and trying to think what I was going to say to you when you answered. And I just still am absolutely yeah. bewildered. I, 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 I knew that we didn't have a great mental health system here in Nova Scotia. Yeah. But after watching that video that you did with Ashley, and I cannot stress if you're listening to this, you got to go watch it. It's, you won't regret it. It needs to, there needs to be a spotlight on this. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, and I don't, I don't want to play down any other people, but especially for men's mental health. Yeah. Men um, have it rough because we, have society to please more often than not, unless we've got a lot of really understanding people in our lives. But there's, there's got to be a massive spotlight on this. Yeah, that's a that's a tricky one. I'm not going to sit here and wave the flag as being a white male because to me, I feel pretty privileged. Uh, I'm probably in the easiest seat that there is as far as like how life draws out, you know. Uh, but men's mental health is is certainly something that I guess isn't discussed a lot. Uh, mental health in general needs to be discussed a lot, but it uh, the majority of suicides are, are men. Uh, from my experience, the majority of people in the in the hospitals are men. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. But again, I mean, I can't complain about being <laughs> a white male in Canada. <laughs> no, no, uh, we we were pretty lucky. Um, there's no denying that one, but with the context now being said, I appreciate that by the way, Yeah. with the context now being said, being a couple of weeks out, looking at the topic of liabilities on doctors, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, it's, it's still just thoughts. I just, I, I don't do know you think they should be held liable? I think so for sure. I think so. It, it happened and I, I touched base on it briefly but I had a friend uh, that was desperate for help uh, and nobody really knew because a lot of us don't know because we just smile and nod and say things are good when they're not but I had a friend that was that was suffering badly and he went to the hospital and uh, I won't say any names but he's from a, a prominent family uh, in our area that has money and means um, very again like the guy was young and charismatic had all the money in the world had everything in front of him but had demons inside of him uh, that ate at him and he reached out and he tried he went with friends they banged at the door and again they didn't let him in they said no it's you're fine go home and he uh, he went and jumped off the bridge and uh, that was think about that moment a lot because like if that didn't fucking change anything 
what the hell am I going to do? Like he was a prominent, they had money, they have stature, they're known in the community, and nothing got done. But so, that's why we've never got to stop. It just, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm trying to stay positive about this shit, but like, what the fuck's the point some days? You know? And are you finding that, how are you balancing out with the new diagnosis, the new medication? Like, how are the ups and the downs coming along? They're tough. Uh, the new medications will take about three months to, to even get me ramped up to the, to the dosage that I need to be on. Okay. We've got to onboard it very, very slowly. Uh, and once I'm at my correct dosage of that medication, it's going to take a couple of weeks to fully absorb into my system. And so, how many weeks are you in now? Oh, fuck. Uh, two, I guess. Two weeks. Two? Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. So we just, we increased it. No, we increased it on Tuesday. So I'm still just at the very first. I'm at 25 milligrams of a certain drug. But I couldn't even tell you what it is. I just, <laughs> I just fucking take my pills. I'm, I'm the same way. Oh, do your research and look it up and look at the side effects. I'm like, I don't give a shit. Just put it in my No, the side effects are going to tell me I'm going to die anyway. Exactly. To me, I'm the type that, like, if I fucking read that it's got a side effect, I'm going to get that side effect even before. Yeah, I'm a hypochondriac too. Shit, my head hurts. But yeah, it's, it's going to be a slow process. They have, they immediately, like, did a hard, quick jump on one of my other drugs that's just kind of like a band aid solution. Okay. While the other ones uh, get the chance to take hold, but uh, at the same time they're they're decreasing. So essentially, essentially they're they're putting me on mood stabilizers and antipsychotics, uh, which is a different family than antidepressant pills. So as I'm increasing the mood stabilizers, I'm decreasing my antidepressants, okay. uh, and that comes with its own bag of funness, yeah. uh, which I've been warned as I come down and they're taking me off pretty quick, that uh, withdrawal is going to be pretty severe and going to hit me pretty hard. So it's going to be a fun few months. Yeah, not, but not to be doom and gloom. Not to be doom and gloom, but that's, it's a very true statement. It's not going to be easy, but the last few months hasn't been easy. No, it's true. It's not and you're, not you're sitting here, yeah. fucking champion material, man. Yeah, 19 days sober now. 19 days, holy shit, tomorrow's 20, that's a big one. Yeah, it, uh, I don't know, it's not my, I'm not going to sit here and wave, I shouldn't even, I don't even know how to explain this, but it, my goal is not abstinence with this, I want to be able to have a healthy relationship with alcohol. I think that's smart. Yeah, it's just, to me, it's like, I'm not going to sit here and try to be like, yeah, I'm 20 years sober. Uh, I understand that really works well for some people, and there's people that need that. Some people can't have the balance. Exactly. I just, for me, I'm very black and white. I'm very all or nothing. Uh, and I'm doing my best to learn to live in that gray zone. So to me, it's almost like a work in therapy to be like, yeah, have two beers. Don't have fucking 20, you dummy. Yeah. Uh, it's it's like a learning process for me to reprogram my brain. That, like, it doesn't... You don't need to be all or nothing about stuff. You can live in that gray. But in the interim, I'm trying to do my damnedest because alcohol is just another substance that is then going to fuck with all the medication that they're putting into me, uh, which isn't going to let the medication do its job properly, which is going to keep me feeling like shit longer. So I'm just doing my best to to really just give this one more kick at the can. Yeah, I think you're doing a pretty good job weighing out the balance of the pros and the cons there in regards to 
like you, you're saying it best like you know it's if you get into the alcohol it's not gonna let the the meds take effect and yeah. i think that there's a lot of great things coming you know so i think uh let's jump back to what we were talking about earlier now so you've gone through a pretty intense struggle there these last couple of weeks um i have to tell you personally i'm extremely grateful that you've been so public i'm extremely grateful you're still here because this i I'd, I'd be at a loss if i never got to meet you my <laughs> twin separated at birth it's true um just wait till you see us yeah just wait till you see us wait till you get my glasses on <laughs> um all right so we're at closure number two we're yes. at closure number two let's talk about all right what do you remember getting that news yeah yeah just closure, closure number two somehow just, a happier subject than what we were just talking about <laughs> this whole thing is just just pump full of shit um, when like talking about your business being closed is actually a step up on the emotional scale it's like Jesus where were we a few minutes ago an important spot I think I think we're in yeah, an important yeah. spot no we were and it's it's yeah it's good it's important to discuss uh, and trust me I know it's not easy sitting here talking about yeah, yourself it's, it's hard like, to talk about but I'm so open about it and it's uh, it's something that's important but closure number two the big question that everybody thinks or assumes everybody thinks we got a bunch of heads up that we knew it was going to come that we you know like we were planning for it and like we knew like no we got this time unlike closure number one which we weren't really open so it wasn't it was different for us but like you legit you just find out the same time as everybody finds out you're listening to the radio and it's like yeah you're closed uh gyms have no official association as of yet Although we're in the process of now associating, uh, making a formal business owners or gym owners association. Okay. Yeah, so that's going to really help. Um, but no, we, we this time got heads up, uh, I think about 30 minutes prior to the phone call. And it was just a simple email to the head of uh, our association that just said, yeah, you're going to be shut uh, as of Thursday or whatever it was. So I, I had just gotten off a very shitty phone call uh with my lawyer and stuff wasn't like i was fucking i was pissed off anyways and i hung up and the first thing i did was see that i've got a shitload of facebook alerts and that's usually either a good thing or a really not good thing yeah and i checked and the gyms are closed and i just literally i just went well fuck and i threw my phone in the air and just walked out for a smoke because it just my brain broke like it just yeah, sure, just dump it on. You know, like, why not? You know, get bad news and then have your gym closed. And we all knew it was coming. Not like, I mean, we didn't really know, but it... it we it, suspected, which is the numbers going up again. Yeah, the writing was on the wall. Once they saw the 30-some-odd numbers, you knew people were going to flip the fuck out and hit that panic button. And gyms had been listed as a potential exposure spot like eight times or something like that. So I had heard that morning from an inside source that the... The restaurant association had requested to be closed and i thought well fuck here it is if they're going to start closing stuff gyms are just going to get lumped into that yeah and sure enough the announcement came that day that that restaurants and gyms were closed has there even been a confirmed case at a gym there's been confirmed cases so to the best of my knowledge i'm no fucking expert on this shit. uh there's been people let me how do I phrase this? There's been people that have been confirmed as having COVID show up at a gym. 
So that means if I had COVID, asymptomatic or not, or not showing symptoms, but later on showed symptoms, I came to a gym, went back home, two days later found out that I had COVID and went, yeah, I've been to place A, B, C, and D. Yes, therefore now we're now lumped into it. Jim's was, was one of those, you know, let's say Jim was B, like, oh shit, they'd been at a gym. So there's been people that have had COVID, confirmed COVID, that have been inside of gyms, to the best of my knowledge, and I mean, to the best I've done research on it, I'm part of the groups, there's been no confirmed cases of spreading at gyms. Okay. Nobody has said, like, so you come to, or I come to the gym, and I call in two days later and say, shit, I was at a gym, I've now got confirmed COVID, they, they put you in as a possible contact spot, they tell people, anybody who was at the gym that day, go get tested. Nobody has come back and said, shit, yes, I tested positive. Uh, I think it came from the gym. That hasn't happened. But that's also extremely fucking difficult to do. Right now, see, and this, so I'm just, I'm going to rant for a minute because I'm. Floor is yours. I'm just, I'm kind of, it pisses me off. Uh, There's, what, 120 some odd cases of COVID now? I don't even know where we're at right now. Uh, I try not. I try not to sit there. Yeah. 138? 138? All right, so my research is a little outdated. Uh, when I looked at it a few days ago, there was 120 some odd. And I didn't bother digging deep enough, but a lot of those cases are from travel or close contact with travel. We know that. That's mm-hmm. how it started. There was no, like, we were up to a lot of cases before there was any community spread whatsoever. So let's say that half of that is from travel or close contact to travel, and we'll call half of it as community spread or what we'll call community spread that means there's 60 even if we call it 70 cases of community spread there is i can't remember the exact number but it's 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 north of a thousand investigations going on to try to find out where those 60 or 70 cases came from so they don't they don't fucking know but it's like well shit he was reported as covid and one place that he stopped at was a gym so there was eight people or there was eight cases where places were named as fucking hot spots or whatever the fuck you want to call them where like this person had been eight times jim showed up on that list out of well over a thousand spots that they're that they're now under investigation and they just they just i don't know they just fucking panicked and hit the button yeah i think it's kind of frustrating because if any of these people actually took it to the time to come into these gyms and seeing the efforts that we're taking to sanitize and the like right at the very front of your gym you've got a laundry basket full of cloths and spray bottles there like they don't see the efforts that people are taking in these gyms to keep these gyms open because we want to be here yeah do you think if they seen any of that or if they knew any of the steps that we were taking you think it would change their mind no no i i don't i i don't think they give a shit uh i think i don't know i've got some I, i i don't know I don't know why people haven't come and done that more often. We are, to me, we have some of the strictest guidelines that there are. Now I say that, some of them, like, we still don't, like, wearing a mask at a gym wasn't mandatory. It was mandatory in common spaces, but not mandatory when working out. So there were still steps that they could have taken instead of just shutting us down. They could have made masks mandatory. But that aside, you know, we have... Yeah, like you said, uh, single-use cloths that get used every time to sanitize everything. We've spent oodles of money sanitizing everything, buying hand sanitizer, buying special detergent to wash everything. Like, it just, we're as safe as, as we can be, and this is one spot 
where people can come to like boost their immune system. Mm -hmm. But no, we're, I, I don't know. I could rant about it for hours, but honestly, I'm just kind of tired of it. I think I know what the answer to this next question is going to be. Do you think that gym should be an essential service? Yes. Yes. A thousand percent yes. And that's what we're fighting for. That's the association was formed basically to say, yes, we are an essential service. Uh, we're essential to people's health and well-being, um, and we're essential to people's mental health for, I mean, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. Now, I, I want to start wrapping things up here, but there's one thing that I've been saving that I really, really want to talk about, and that's something uh, that is just brand new. That's the GoFundMe. Yeah. I want to talk about this. I've been saving this for the end. This cool. is something that I'm extremely happy that you did. Um, Thank you. I just, I've actually nominated a friend of mine. Um, I, I can't believe, like, I, I didn't, I, I, all right. I'm skeptical of anybody when it comes to GoFundMe's because people abuse them. I know, I didn't want to do this. You know, but like, that aside, this isn't one of those cases. You're, what are you up to now? So it, <sighs> Well, why don't you tell us what it is first before we go wondering yeah, how much yeah, you're up to now. Yeah, before we get down the rabbit hole on it, basically we launched a GoFundMe uh, where you can make donations to help purchase punch passes and uh, gym memberships for people. We had set out an original goal to raise $1,000 and we put forth 20 10 punch passes. So it's 20 cards that are, value, that are good for, for 10 punch passes. Uh, those are $100 each. We basically gave them half off, so for a thousand bucks we got 20. Uh, it was a way for us to raise a little bit of money to put money in our pockets, and it was a way for us to then be able to turn around and, and help the community. So we're intending, I haven't, I haven't called Abby Lane yet, but Abby Lane is where I stayed when I was hospitalized, and my plan is to, to take them to either Abby Lane or the Mental Health Foundation of Nova Scotia and let them give it to people that figure that, that they need it, that, you know, local people in Dartmouth that'll be able to get to the gym, be able to use it. That's incredible, man. Yeah, it just when I was in the hospital, there were so many people that were like, shit, you own a gym? Like, I'd love to come there. Like, working out is so good for my mental health. Like, I, I really want to. And it really is. It's one thing that fucking, it's proven to work better than drugs. And they just pump us full of drugs. And, like, working out is at least as effective as that, you know? And here's all these people struggling. It's my personal belief, honestly that gym should be covered under under healthcare. You know, at the very least, if you've got insurance through like Sun Life and shit like that, like your gym membership should be covered. But nobody gives a shit about preventative measures is what I've learned. It's all about reactions. Uh, it's all about let's be reactive. It, it, I'm getting down a radical. Anyways, so to stay positive, <laughs> we raised the thousand dollars very, very quickly. Very quickly. Uh, we've got the 20 punch passes to go out and the money just kept coming in. Uh, we're up to 2,500 now, so we've now what we're doing is giving away yearly punch passes to people. Uh, we put up a campaign on our Instagram where we had people nominate others uh, and explain sort of a little bit as to why they deserve a gym membership, why this person needs it. 2020 has fucking sucked for everybody. So here was a way, and again, we did these at half value. So if we valued our gym membership at 625 for every whatever it is, let's just call it 300 bucks that came in, we would donate an extra membership. Uh, so we've been able to donate five extra memberships to people. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's been cool. Yeah, it was fun. 
So what are the reactions like when you get to tell this person so, that you've just been donated a gym membership? The reactions from, from people that you tell to have been fucking magical. Uh, I've shed so many tears in the last week, I can't tell you. I feel when I fucking look like Santa Claus over here. That bearded guy just handing shit out. I feel like Oprah. I'm like, you get a membership. Are you get a membership. Like, it feels fucking awesome. Um, but it, I was really on the fence to, like, to sort of tell the story on it. I, it all stemmed from one member. Uh, and again, we have the best members ever. Like, our community is so strong. It's so caring. Our, our last night open... And this is going to make me tear up. I made it this whole way to cry without crying. I'm like, a happy story is going to make me cry. Good. That's what we should have. <laughs> it, we had one member the night that we closed and the night that we closed. And, I mean, it's like it sounds all doom and gloom. Like, oh, no, we're closed forever. Like, it's a two-week closure. Like, it's not even that big of a deal. Uh, but the night that we closed was still very romantic. Uh, everybody came together. The whole community was just there to support it. And everybody's, we sold out of merch, we sold everything. Everybody's just coming through the door, like, how can we support? How can I help? This is bullshit. What can I do? Can I, we had people renewing their memberships that weren't due. We had people prepaying for stuff. Like, it, it was just ludicrous. But we had one member in particular that came up, and she was like, yeah, just give me whatever you have left for merch. Uh, as far as ladies wear went, I was like, fuck, like, we're out of everything. Like, I got a t-shirt and some socks. And she's like, yeah, give me that. And then she wanted to buy... Uh, she wanted to buy some training sessions, and I was like, no, like, we'll just wait until we're open again. And she's like, come on, look, I'm trying to support you. Like, I know, I know, but like, it just, it's going to be confusing. And uh, Then she just leaned in close and said, can I, can I please just prepay, can I purchase a membership for you to give to somebody? Uh, and I just, I didn't even really know what she meant at first. Like, I was like, what, like, you want to buy a new month? And she was like, no, like, I want to buy a whole year. Uh, and I want, she's like, I would donate it to somebody, but you're going to know better than I do who needs that and who needs it the most. And I just, I fucking burst out of tears. Uh, it was so emotional. It was such an emotional day for me anyways. And then this happened and it just, it just floored me. I didn't know how to respond to it. Uh, it was, it was just cool and it was special. And I was like, yeah, of course you can. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. Uh, and I instantly knew who I was going to give it to. And I sort of told him his story. Uh, and yeah, it was just going home and writing that email. Uh, it, it was special. Without disclosing a lot of information. Of course. No, we're not going to ask for names or anything. No, but I, yeah, it, it just, it, it was it was special. The message I got back put a lot of tears in my eyes. And it, it made somebody very happy. And then I had this idea of like, shit, everybody wants to help right now. Uh, I'm not going to lie, opening a gym in 2020 has been fucking bullshit. Like I've, the gym is fine. Anybody, I've gotten lots of messages too from people being like, oh shit, is the gym going under, blah, blah, blah. No, the gym is fine. I can float this gym closed for another two years if I wanted to. I just fucking don't want to. I want to be able to open and go back to what we were doing. Uh, so the gym financially is, is okay. That said, we have we are not making profit this year for sure. I haven't drawn a salary from this gym yet. I haven't taken a dime from this gym yet. And it's been all I've done this year. Um, and I'm now, unfortunately, personally in a spot where I kind of need some money too. So it's like, I've got to start making money off this thing as well as it being the community that it is. Um, so long story short, the, the gym could use some money. Uh, we in turn try to do our best to help others out and to pay it forward to people by 
by giving steeply discounted stuff to people in need. Um, so we opened up that GoFundMe, and it's been incredible. But it was it was a hard decision. A GoFundMe, like you said, kind of has some stigmas to it. I floated the idea past all my uh, all my trainers, and they were like, "Yeah, it's a good idea." I just don't like GoFundMe. Seems kind of cheap and chintzy. Like it just yeah. And I felt the same way, but there was no real other quick and easy way to do it. I'm also a very like if I'm gonna do something, I just fucking have to do it. Uh, it's again maybe part of my condition or whatever. But it's just I've always just an idea comes and it's like shit, do it. Uh, and I put out kind of a poll of people like, yo, do you think this is a good idea? Because I was kind of on the fence, to be honest. I didn't want to make it look like I was sticking my hand out at a time that there's a lot of other people a lot worse off than I am, we'll say. Um, but at the same time, I did need the support as well. And the very first message I got was a message from somebody just shitting all over it, just saying, if you really want to make a difference, like, basically just this is a waste of money. Like, I don't know why people would donate to this. Like, give it directly to them. Uh, the memberships cost you nothing. You should just be donating them for free. It's like, yeah, but I, I can't afford to do that. Otherwise, I'm going to have a gym full of people. Not at least this way, I'm making half money on it. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to have a gym full of people that aren't paying for their memberships. And like, like I at the end of the day still have a business. You're still a business. Yeah, people got to realize that. Sure, it'd be great for you to be able to yeah. just open the doors would, and let people in. I would love but, it, man. If I had all the money in the world, if I was Scrooge McDuck in it, everybody would have a free membership, <laughs> man. Like, it just, no question, I'd help everybody out. But, it, it like, and I don't know, again, it's just how I'm wired. And then, like, the messages of love that poured in and, like, this is such a good idea. Like, yeah, do it. But my brain gets stuck on that fucking 2% of people that just want to shit on that idea. Uh, and I still kind of look at it now knowing it's been proven. Like, it was a good idea. <laughs> it worked. It worked very well. People were excited. Like, people were so happy to help out. And I've gotten so much good, positive PR from it. And my brain still goes, yeah, but... Few, yeah, but a few people didn't like. What about that other two percent that think you're a fucking Fuck em. friend? Fuck them. I know. All right, we got. We got. All right, so we're gonna finish up here. We got about sixty seconds left. Okay. All right, I got one question left. Yes. We started with it. Who is Dave Prime? Sixty seconds. Give me your best. I'm just a dude that owns a gym, man. Well, you know what? I'm not even going to complain with the answer because just a guy who owns a gym has done some incredible things for his community, and uh, I'm very blessed to have been able to sit across from you and have this conversation. Dave, thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you for having me, man. I, I would talk your ears off for days and days. Oh, who knows? We might be back, but, uh, <laughs> you know, for now... Uh, we'll call that a wrap. I think that's an absolute, uh, it was an absolute great episode. And just remember everybody, uh, if you're still listening, the grind doesn't got to be ugly. It can be beautiful. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Dave's story. It was absolutely incredible to get to sit down with him and get more insight onto who is Dave Prime. I hope everybody really enjoyed today's episode. Uh, it was an absolute incredible experience making it uh, from going in and sitting down in the gym on location with Dave, you know, keeping social distancing and all that stuff that in play like we did, but uh, working with Distinct Breeds and Justin to 
create this uh, incredible experience for Dave that I hope you all truly, truly enjoy. Um, a couple of things before we finish up here. Uh, definitely, again, big thank you to Distinct Breeds at Distinct Breeds on Instagram. Uh, go follow him there for all of his other socials. He's got a lot of stuff in the works that he's going to be bringing out. Going to be some really great stuff. We will definitely be working with him again in the future. Uh, I definitely want to support uh, 902 Lit Clothing at 902 underscore lit underscore clothing on Instagram. Check there for his socials. Great local business owner, uh, great product. Uh, most of my clothes are from 902 Lit Clothing. And uh, another one that I support is uh, actually one of our sponsors is East Coast Stoners. Uh, definitely check out uh, CannabisStogery.com uh, for all the clothing and apparel, full, uh, you know, shorts, sweaters, hoodies, hats, everything, you know, like they got everything you can think of so far that I've seen. Uh for just like your general stuff, right? Like you got your your water cups, your hats, sweaters, shorts, sweatpants. They're good stuff. Use discount code Mister Big Bear nine hundred two for five dollars off of your East Coast Sonar order. Uh, definitely want to shout out huge shout out to Prime Strength Club. Uh, they've got that GoFundMe account going on right now. Definitely go support them in any way you can. If you can't donate, definitely go share it because um, we want to get eyes on that. All right. Uh, finally, definitely want to shout out to Tanfit. Uh, it's a local, another locally owned company in Sackville, uh, Nova Scotia. So Tanfit Cheap Sups on Instagram. Again, that is at Tanfit, T-A-N-F-I-T, Cheap Sups, S-U-P-P-S, for all of your lifting and supplement needs. Uh, he will deliver locally for any order over $60. We usually within 25 minutes to a half an hour. Um he will deliver further for bigger orders. That's something you'll have to talk to him about. Just definitely message the page directly. Matt is a great, great guy. I've known him for years. Um, definitely trying to keep his head above water with all this COVID stuff. All these guys are, every one of them is worth supporting. Um, so thank you again. It was an absolute honor and pleasure to make this episode. Uh, again, Distinct Breeds, Dave Prime. Remember everybody, the grind doesn't got to be ugly. <laughs>